Hey yo, what's good? It's your boy Wings and 24 Karat Kev. Hello. You're tapped into the Take Flight podcast. And today in the studio, we got, they know, Gucci Smoothie in the building. Woo! Let's go. Gucci Let's Smoothie go. in the what's building. Happened, bro? Mr. Street X himself. First of all, bro, how you doing? Good and you boys. Bro, looking fresh. That's all I got to say. We're looking <laughs> fucking fresh. Part of the game. Is it is out? Is this one out? Is this no, no, no. no. Oh, it's coming out. It's coming out. First in, uh, first in best dress, boys. Come on. You know the date? Like, is it a soon thing? Uh, 13th to the 9th. That's the next Wednesday. Next Wednesday? Next Wednesday. All right, yep. let's go. Come on. Well, this will be out by then. So by maybe the it came out at the same yeah. time. Perfect. Possibly the day before. Bro, you're here for the UFC. Of course. What else are you doing in Sydney while you're out here, bro? Literally, it was a, a last-minute trip. I was not going to come. Um, and then I was like, fuck it, why not? We, we do a lot of stuff in Melbourne, obviously mm. heaps in Perth, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, one of our boys was going to be fighting on the UFC this weekend. Turns out he's not. He's fighting in Vegas next week. Uh, so I'm going to go to that. <laughs> so I thought, why not come here? We're going to film a, a couple of videos when the boys are coming over. Whack together some some stuff and, and make a trip of it. Heck Don't let anything go to waste. Don't let no, to waste. bro. Well, you make this trip that far over, bro. It's like Correct. literally feels like a whole world away to me. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Um, bro, before we get too carried away, mm. look, I don't know a whole lot about your past story. Yep. I don't know if anyone else who's listening at home knows a whole lot. So let's take it all the way back, bro. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where Street X began and yep. you'll come up from that, bro? So pretty much um, from school, like I've been, it'll be 12 years mm. in December of the business. Uh, as a brand and like a, a standalone thing as, as what it is now, it's probably been four to five, mm-hmm. but then the last three years it's done really well and, and taken a, a whole nother level. Uh, but pretty much when I started, I was just a kid at school. Um, I always wanted a business, but I had no fucking idea why. I mean, no idea how to do it, sorry. And I was like, one, why on earth would anyone buy something from a kid in Perth? Like I had no cool backstory. I had no come up, no, I'm not from the streets or anything like that. I was like, what the fuck is Mike? What's my thing? Like, I love obviously brands and I love buying shit, Mm -hmm. but I want to do it myself. I don't know how. Um, So what I came up with was pretty much, I don't know how to fucking run a brand. I don't know anything about it. I want to start a store. And then I want to bring in and curate all the brands that I like that sort of tell a unique story and that aren't in Australia. So then I can help build what I want through them. And from there, we got about probably 10 or 15 different brands, made a lot of cool connections in, uh, say, New York and LA and, and went over and met a lot of the boys. And we sort of became friends and it started working and I was like, oh, wow, people actually buy this shit. This is fucking, this is pretty cool. Um, and originally it was meant to be an online store and I was just a dumb kid, sort of like, man, this is going to kill it. I'm going to be like, at the time it was when like Karma Loop and mm-hmm. MLTD yep. were things. Shout out Karma Loop, bro. Yeah. Back in the day, come on. <laughs> And I was just like, why does everyone buy this stuff? Like, I want to get stuff that stores here didn't have. And at the mm-hmm. time, there was probably one store at home. And they were just old dudes. And I was just like, yeah, you guys are cool. Uh, and I always tried to get a job there. And they were just like, nah, 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 like you're next in line. And I was just like, oh, you're not giving me a job. My school's not telling me I'm fucking smart enough. Well, I'm just going to do it my fucking self. Hectic. Mm. That was just Hectic. the thing. And I was like, these guys are just dudes who do it. Why can't I do it? Mm-hmm. So I went and did it and then started it. And we started originally as an online store. And then it went into the idea of I just had a mate who had a gallery. And I was like, oh, can we do a pop-up? And I didn't really know what a pop-up was. I'd just sort of seen on – this is when Instagram was like literally in its infancy. Fresh, mm. fresh. was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, you, a pop-up's like where you just put stuff in a shop and open temporarily. Yeah, Googling <laughs> yeah, pop-up. Yeah. <laughs> so I was uh, 20. I just turned 20 and was just like, all right, let's give it a crack. Mm. Um did a pop-up and sold a, a bit of stuff. And then probably six months later, did another one, sold a bit more. Uh, and then we, I was like, oh, let's make one of our own teas. Gave 50 away or maybe 100 even. Uh, and then about, fast forward to about a year and a half, it got to the point where, well, we're actually making, selling a few things. And by selling a few things, I was like, we did like $1,000 in a week. And that's where I At was At that like, time, yeah, yeah, of course. Exciting stuff. Like I remember the first few weeks when we first opened a, an extended pop-up, I think I remember one of the weeks clearly we did $60 sales. Mm. And I was just like, I was living at home in my mum's basement and I was driving to and from the gallery every day, just eating fucking tins of tuna and just being very basic. Um, and I was like, oh, I thought I was killing it. And then a few day, a few weeks we get like $1,000 here, a couple of thousand dollars there, back to 1000 And I was like, fuck, this is pretty sick, eh? Like, fuck, I'm crushing it. Fucking businessman here. <laughs> um, and then from there, it sort of just, it kept going. And I was like, oh, a year and a half in, I remember to this day, there was this other street where 
store that was irrelevant mm. near where our pop-up was, where we where our second pop-up. Uh, and I remember this dude had Facebook and he was like, we're closing down. And I was just like, sick. <laughs> you, yeah, so it. I was like sucked in um, and went to that landlord and I was like, hey, like, is that store available now? Um, and the guy was like, yeah, how do you know? And I was like, oh, I saw on Facebook the guy's closing down. Hmm. And he's like, oh, cool, do you want to look at it? And I was like, yeah, walk there. Literally never been there before. And I was yeah, I'll take it. And he was just like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, yep. And I was just like, yeah. So I went to their office and didn't read the lease, signed it, and that, <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. So looking back, was that, obviously. Was, was that a long-term lease? Five-year like, lease. Oh, straight into a five-year yeah. lease. Beast, bro. <laughs> Beast. Hey, talk about just giving it a go, though. Well, that was the thing. Yeah. I had no um, prior experience, no nothing, but I knew. Like the pop-ups, we, I think we, back then we were probably doing a couple of thousand mm. a week, maybe. And yeah. I, for me that, then, I thought that was sick. I think like one of the tees, we re-released 50 of them and they sold. And I was like, God, this is pretty easy, eh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just ran into that lease and I was just like, yeah, this this dude's getting a pretty cool building here. Like, he can't be ripping me off. I'll just, I'll just, just sign it and see what happens. Uh, and obviously now, looking back, back in yeah. hindsight, <laughs> fuck all the fucking landlords now. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I know exactly what I'd do now negotiating-wise. Things have changed drastically since then. But, again, it goes back to that route I backed myself in and I was like, I can fucking do this. 100%. Ha having the, uh, yeah, the, the effort in yourself just to mm. give it a go at that point when you didn't know absolutely nothing. Even the sh having a shop front, I don't know what it's like over there, but mm. here, I don't know, obtaining a shop front could only be nothing but a scary thought. You know what I, I mean? I mean, back it's then it was like, it was the same thing. It was just retail, again, in Australia hasn't been pumping mm. for a long time. And this one store where we went, I don't think any store had ever been open for more than three to four years. Yeah. Every business that had been there had failed. It was in this alleyway that backed onto a parking lot. And I was like, I reckon that's pretty sick. It's like that little hidden thing off the alleyway. It's not on the main street. We're not like your generic brand or, or store that's on the main road. It suits. Yeah. And I'm a young cunt who's got mates. We can have parties here. We can get away from the cops. Uh, and there's a lot of great stories from <laughs> being in that location as we went through time because it ended up serving us so well because it was off the main drag so you could get away oh, with okay. way more shit and we could do everything without any trouble. And how long did you actually stay at that spot? We stayed, end up, so got to the end of that five-year lease and by then, for like five years in, it was like, what was that, 20, 2016, 2017, and retail was particularly dead in, in Perth. Okay, yeah. uh, and I was like, hey, bro, look, there's all these empty shops in Northbridge and in the city. Here's an example of the rents they're paying. Mm. I want a fucking parking lot in an alleyway, <laughs> drop the rent. And it was just a dude and he was just like, nah. <laughs> this one you yeah. posted about the other day. Yes, exactly yeah, right. I and I was like, I had, new, I, I obviously, by this time it was four years in, I said, cool, I had a bit of a clue now. Mm. And I was like, all right, we need all the power here. I want everything to be online. So if any of these dudes with the shops end up being like, Time to go, bro. I was like, cool. See you later. You're good to go. Yeah. So that was always, it's very much, I suppose it links very much to music because a lot of these artists, if they don't need management or the label, they can do shit all themselves. 100%. And for us, it was very much the same thing. I was like, this store is where our business started. That was the focus for so many years mm. and not doing online because I was like, oh, we're this cool little brand. Like everyone has to come to the store. And I was like, that's very small thinking. Mm -hmm. You got to think a lot bigger. And that's where I want to be now. I want to be the biggest brand in the world. Mm -hmm. So to get, to the next level, I was like, hey, we need to obviously focus on online. And of course, anyone who's in online knows it's a very different world mm -hmm. to a store. Um, but we made the transition to focus probably about a year out from that lease ending. Mm -hmm. So when it came to this conversation, of course, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'd already pre-found another store. So I was just like, cool, you know, Laura, I've got another store. So I'll be gone. And uh, I think I said I gave a month's notice and I was like, peace. Active. And then, yeah, lo and behold, four years later, I think it is now, or almost, yeah, four years, mm. that shit's still empty. Yeah, mm. that's the photo you posted. Yeah. And now you, the store you moved to, is that the same one you're at now? Yes, you, of course. Yeah, awesome, bro. But again, that is another thing was a learning lesson as a young dude in business. It was the same thing. We signed this lease. I think we spent like 130 grand on the fit out, which at the time I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, we wanted to make it cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then literally the first day or after we've negotiated the design – uh, we negotiated everything that was happening with the fit out, looked at the plans, got in there. My, my best mate, who was actually my housemate at the time, was the builder who designed everything with me and did it. Mm. Um, he got in there, ripped up the floors, and there's a fucking hole in the floor. Ah. <laughs> so it's a heritage building where they've covered it up. It's not on the plans. Mm. And it was filled with asbestos. 
So I was oh, like, cool. call the landlord, and I was just like, hey, uh, you guys provided incorrect plans. Mm. And, like, the design we had was a polished concrete floor, and I was like, well, now there's a fucking hole, bro. Mm -hmm. And I'm not – like, it's a heritage building, so then you can't cover it up. Like, there's so many – it's just opened to a can of worms. Mm -hmm. Uh, so then I came up with the design, which is now the, the big glass feature in our, in our floor, which ended up being fucking sick. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very hectic. photogenic. Yeah. Yes, but mm -hmm. it, it was 20 grand. And back then I was like, hey, like that's 20 grand. Like I'm I fucking sell t-shirts, bros. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back then, yeah, yeah, back then it was, I'm spending 130, 150 at the end of what it ended up being. Like you guys need to contribute. You dogged us on the the contract. This mm. was not in the lease. This was not in any of the floor plans. Lo and behold, long story short, we ended up getting a bit of cash, but it was just like a big fight with the landlord. Yeah. But we got it done. And then literally the day we opened, we, we didn't sleep and finished it off that night and woke up. And there was, I mean, obviously, mate, there was a line of a few hundred kids outside. Make you feel like. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was, like, it was like, I had a coffee without even having one. Woke yeah. up and then there's hundreds of kids, kids getting photos. That's heck. Shit sold amazingly. So again, Makes it all worth it. Hundred percent, bro. That's a good little backstory. I gotta say, that's a good little insight for all of us at home, bro. And the motto is "fuck Perth landlords." Yeah, oh, <laughs> like, landlords everywhere. Sheesh. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's not even landlords. It's, it's anyone. If it's <laughs> management, apologies, Kev. But yeah. if it's anyone, landlords, management, anyone who tries to overly control. If you're an artist, or if you're a brander, and you're in business. You control your own uh, control your own destiny. Yeah, especially and that's like thing, you said, like, these days it's very yeah. possible to do so. Man, it's like what we were talking about with that young musician who's blown up. Mm -hmm. It's like you need literally an iPhone, mm -hmm. and you can become a, a musician. Like there's so many little brands now that I wouldn't even fucking know what the name of them are, mm -hmm. but they've got millions of views on yeah, TikTok facts. or Instagram. They're selling shit, and I'm like, obviously that's amazing. Mm. Problem is with that, and I, I'd imagine it's the same with all the artists. They just come and go. Yeah. Like you get these ones flash in a pan. It's the dudes who can do this consistently, repetitively for a long time are the ones that stick around. Mm. Facts. And That's that you, takes a lot of work. What's up, man? Take flight, bro. Yeah, let's go. We stick we're here for the long haul, exactly right. exactly for the long right. bro. Amen. You touched on it a bit uh, just before, but uh, I think out of all the Australian brands, brands, local brands, um, StreetX has been one that's really managed to capture a lot of international attention. So whether that's, you know, articles on Hypebeast, collaborations with No Jumper or Carrots or like, you know, even popping up at ComplexCon, that's been one thing that's really caught my eye about StreetX. So when did that international attention really start to pick up and you really thought, wow, this is bigger than not only Perth, not only Australia, but it's a, it's a global thing? I mean, yeah, it, it did take a long time because I came with no experience, no understanding or anything, literally just I did school and then I was like, oh, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. So there was no one point. Like everyone growing up and even when I started it and still now, like they'll see some rapper or celebrity or someone wearing it and everyone's like, man, you must have just killed it off that drop. I'm like, man, this shit means nothing. Mm. It's a flash in the pan. It's like this is forgotten in 24 hours. I've been cancelled before. I've been abused. We've had celebrities wear our shit. Within 24 hours, no one gives a fuck. It's forgotten about. Mm -hmm. It's more so it's that whole idea of the constant little repetitions. If it's one celebrity, that's great. But if you need 20, 30, 40, you just need to be consistent over time and it constantly lets that brand build and flourish. Mm. I think probably it was probably in terms of timeline when it really started taking off and we actually really started making money. It was probably about four – Four years ago, we, we made the the jump to instead of being a store, it was like, fuck selling other brands. Mm -hmm. Why are we – we're promoting other people's stuff. We know what we want to do and we know what I want to do. Let's do it properly. Let's focus 120% on ourselves. The reason we stayed for carrying other brands for so long is because a lot of those guys are now my friends and they're a lot of the brands, probably the only brands we've collabed with, especially internationally – are the ones we've always worked with. So that's how a lot of those collaborations came is when I was about 22, I was like, fuck it, let's just, let's go to LA. Mm -hmm. All the brand, I just had an affinity for LA. I loved LA and all the brands were from there. And I met a lot of people like obviously Anwar from Carrots is, is probably one of the very first people I met. And he's obviously a very iconic figure mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. Obviously Tyler mentions him, mentions him in Yonkers. He's someone that's been around culture his whole life. Mm -hmm. And again, that was originally reaching out to, hey, man, I want to sell your brand. Like I love the internet and I found and connected with him. And through that, we actually became friends. And I think that links back to the biggest thing that sort of helped our international presence 
and our domestic presence is links back to as a business owner or as a brand owner or as a brand in itself, at the root of it, you have to be a good person. Mm. Like if you're a fuckwit, no one's going to work with you. The money, the money will be there and that's great. But again, it will be a flash in the pan. You can get paid, but some people will just start using it. They'll be like, oh, that's the money guy. That's the guy I can get money off. That's, no one, when he's there, I'll wear the shit. When he walks out, I'm going to get changed. Mm -hmm. It's always been um, about relationships and it's always been building that rapport with people because you never know who you're talking to. Hey man, that's everything business wise, and mm. that, like you said, it doubles into the music world for sure. It's, like, exact, it's the exact know, same. Relationships are everything, and mm. people who don't think so are destined for failure. But even that, on. it's like I love the concept of that because you get dudes who talk about relationships, and then you know, you dudes will talk to you because of who you're with. Mm. Like every time, the last time we did the Kid Leroy pop up in Perth, there was probably. A thousand to two thousand kids out store outside the store. Like it was mayhem. Every news agency in Perth was there, and I was just like, I've never had that many dudes <laughs> hit me up. Like, bro, what's good? <laughs> and like, dudes, guys my age, grown men, like standing outside the store, like, what's up, Dan? Bro, well, bro, you're like, and I'm like. You're not coming in. <laughs> Was one of them your old landlord? <laughs> but like, it's just so amazing watching like people just leeches and people just come out of the woodwork. It, you never know who you're talking to, but you're like, you just need to go into conversation. It doesn't matter if you can't get anything out of that. Mm -hmm. That person could tell someone who tells someone who tells someone who might buy a T-shirt. Facts. Or man. might introduce you to someone. Like all that matters is that you are a good person at your core. And that's going to flow through. Like you don't need to worry about, fuck, I have to get into this fucking party to shake this dude's hand. Dude, that guy's going to forget you by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Being there, I've been to all the cool parties in Paris. I've been to all the funny stuff. Dudes are just checking out dudes. That's all it is. <laughs> Hard, bro. Yeah. Already know, just saying, this is going to be a hectic snippet, bro. That was hard, bro. Yeah, like, that was that, hard there's no more facts. Of, like, I don't, yeah, yeah. That's the Knows best. Knows how to drop a quote. That, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of facts in that 30, 40 seconds, perfect, bro. Come on. Yeah. You just mentioned collaboration a little bit there with um, Carrots. Yep. Uh, so that's another huge part of the StreetX brand has been all your really great collaborations. So yep. nowadays it feels like there's just so many. You know mm. what I mean? It seems like nowadays when you, when you look around, there's sometimes more collaborations than general releases. Yep. So... With a brand like StreetX, how do you keep those collaborations really kind of unique and newsworthy in 2023 when there's there's so much noise? I mean, that's the one of the blessings and the curses of my existence is I fuck it, I'm a, I'm a people person. Mm. I love talking to cunts. I love going out. If it's partying, training, doing whatever, like I love existing and I love being with people and culture. And that's how all the collaborations come about. Come about. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the curse with that is you can't overdo it. You can't do too many. You can't dilute your brand because the big focus needs to be your brand, not someone else's. Um, so that's, a, that's been a big lesson, a learning lesson because I want to fucking do everything. And that's where I've had my staff pull me up and my team be like, bro, you can't do everything. You're going to burn out and we're going to burn out. Uh, and that's that's what's happened where we've been through that, where I was thinking it was last November and December, we had our biggest uh, November and December and year ever. And it got to January. And I was like, oh, let's go. And the boys were like, man, like, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> and I feel like for me, again, this was completely on me. I was just like, what? Let's, let's go. But you have to take into account like your team and everyone around you, the well-being of everyone needs to matter. So it's keeping that going and keeping the balance. Like I, I love just adding in things like that. Like this trip, I, um, I planned to go to Vegas two, three days ago. And I told one of the boys, I was, let's go. And he goes, oh, I can't come. So I got the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah, yeah. It's, one, it's one of the things where I'm definitely, I, I need to improve on for sure because that's a big thing is you, you need to be planned out and, and do things. But then again, you need to be have speed and be adaptable. Yeah, if you can be on your toes, especially in the world you're living in and what you're doing, man. Oh, yeah, it's worked for you this far. And in terms, of, in terms of collaboration, I think the biggest thing that came out is I just, I love this shit so much and I love producing of its clothing experience, activation, like mm. we've always tried to do. Since the start, the biggest thing that we've always tried to do is provide an experience. Like we never had the money to do, oh, let's do the culture thing and get a fucking cunt with a barber and a DJ and build these crazy stores. I was like, I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. I want to build my own personal experience and story. Uh, and I think one of the big things inspired me was A-Life Sessions, which they used to do fucking 20, I think Drake played there in like tw at the A-Life store in 2008. This was when, for me, A-Life and Supreme were neck and neck. Mm -hmm. And not many people will remember that, especially in Australia, 
because Supreme is Supreme. A lot of people wouldn't even heard of fucking A-Life here now. Mm. Uh, and A-Life for me was the, the shit. I went to the, I was lucky enough. Uh, my mum took me to New York and I, I got, a, got on the subway and I was like, I have to go to this, this store. I was fucking 15 years old by myself and I hadn't hit puberty and I bought every T-shirt in XL <laughs> because I was like, I want this shit to last for ages. <laughs> and the chick at the store was like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so inspired. I was like, as a kid, I was like, how can this be brought home? Mm. How can I bring this culture home? And then for me, one of the, the coolest things we did was, was so long ago now, and it was with Anwar, it was our five-year anniversary. The first brand budget we ever got was from New Era, and they gave us uh, five grand, I think, to do a party. And I was like, yeah, man, we're fucking killing <laughs> it now. Let's go. Eh? Let's go. <laughs> so I just I, I called Anwar. I was like, hey, do you want to come do a party here? We got, I got five grand. And I was like, do you know any rappers? And he's like, yep. Yeah. For sure, we, let's let's do it. So we did like a five year Street X carrots tea. Mm -hmm. uh, brought over a Boston rapper cousin Stiz, who at the time was fucking sick. He had an album called Monda that was awesome. So we did this Monda Street X carrots New Era tea and did a party in the store, which was my recreation of the A Live sessions. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, I mean, no one would know that, but for me, I was sitting there like, mm. Made "Whoa, it this Made is it so fucking cool." And even now, looking back on that, I'm like, "Wow, that's so small." and minute but at the time mm. it was great it was a great way to bring that world like when Anwar when we brought Anwar to Perth people every person was stopping him for a photo mm -hmm. and it was so crazy to see man like I've been in this world now I think at that time for five or six years and I was like I'm so numb to it I'm so used to it but then when he comes to Perth everyone was like holy fuck shit it? Yeah. yeah because I've been around it for so long and now to ex expose that to our community was so sick that's awesome mm. bro all right look there's a shitload of collaborations you've done, but yep. one of your recent one, recent ones, and I got a pair at home. I wanted to wear them today, but I forgot. Bro, the Crocs collaboration, <laughs> yeah. man. Like, just seeing the photos from this side of Australia, yeah, the, yeah. the massive like car-sized Croc on the roof, yeah, packing out the yeah, store yeah. was hectic. But not only that, bro. It's the way you went about the whole collaboration. It showcased our wildlife. It showcased mm. the ocean. Showcased everything to do with that, right? Yep. How important is it to you to bring you know the Australian angle with all your Street X products? Maybe not all of them, but with yeah. some of these collabs or some of the, your own stuff. I think the biggest thing, and especially for every brand, artist, everyone, everyone at home, you are Australian. Stop trying to be fucking American or British. That is the biggest shit that every fucking brand or rapper is trying to do. Be proud of where you're from. Obviously, my, my parents are immigrants from South Africa. I was born here. That's my culture. I want to tell that story, and that's my story I'm telling. Of course, if you are American or British, whatever, that's, that's cool. <laughs> but be unapologetically yourself, and that is one of our core fucking values as a brand is being unapologetically fucking Australian. Mm. I don't like, I'm not trying to be fucking American. I want to, I want to tell my story and my broader community story. It's like we're fucking a land of convicts. That's literally what Australia at its core is. And it's one of the most amazing, diverse and multicultural places where we can tell a story that no one else can. Like every kind of American thinks we ride kangaroos. Mm. We don't. It's 2023. That, <laughs> that story's still going around. It's crazy. Yes. Man. But it's trying to, it's uh, the biggest thing is trying to uplift, obviously, our peers, ourselves, mm. and the place where we all live. Like, this place is fucking amazing. Mm. It could be a lot worse. Uh, so, it's how do we tell that in a unique way and touch on things rather than just putting an animal on a t shirt? How can we tell a story through products or fabrics or silhouettes that expand on the Australian lifestyle? Almost like you look at an R.M. Williams, obviously a very different world, but they've been so uniquely Australian since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. That's why they've succeeded so well. Mm -hmm. And then you look at like American brands, you look at Atlanta or New York or L.A., they've all got an aesthetic that you can see and you can understand. They're not trying to be someone else. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem I find with, I mean, I, I love it because we're definitely trying to be ourselves. Whereas you look at so many brands or people or artists, wherever it is, you've got to tell your own story. You've got to be authentic to yourself. Can definitely co-sign that statement. I don't think there's, uh, again, I don't know every brand in the world, but mm. I don't think there's any brand as themselves as Street X though, bro. Oh, mm. just yourself, really? Like just yeah, exactly. your person. This is the first time I met you, mm. but your persona that I see online, which right now feel, <laughs> feels like you, all right? There's no, it's not put on. You can see it across every one of your videos, every one of your releases, you know what I mean? It's, it's hectic to see. But that. that's, that's the biggest thing is like, there's nothing worse in the world 
than meeting someone you idolize or someone you follow on social media and you meet them and they're a fuckwit. Mm. It's like you've <laughs> got to be authentically you. You've mm. got to be yourself. Like there's no point being someone else. That other person's always going to be. I remember that one of the first things I remember from studying when I was young is the incumbent always wins. If you just go into an industry or go into a market and try to do what they do, they're always going to beat you in the long term, even if you got more money. Mm. Like you need to disrupt. You've got to be different. And for me, I know a lot of people think I'm whack. A lot of people think our shit's whack. But the dudes who love it and the dudes who fuck with me and the brand absolutely love it. Amen. And that's all that matters. Mm. Amen, bro. Yeah. Let's keep going with these collabs, bro. Um, some of our favorite collabs. Mm. We're going to go through a few. Yep. And if yep. you can just give us like a little quick backstory sure. on it, you know, sure. tell us a bit about it. A late, well, I think it was only a few months ago, the Ben Cousins one. <laughs> you even come through with the cards, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where did that link up come from? And yeah, tell us a little so bit about me, that. So for me, I think like going back to our brand and, and the personality and being authentically you, mm. a big thing with that is like, you got to back yourself in. Mm. And I love the idea of we've always, always try to work with artists before they blow up. Kid Leroy, we did his first ever uh, Sydney show. It was 300 cunts. Stormzy, we did his first ever Australian show. And that was like him and Toby's manager at the time came over and they were just like, Stormzy was like, yo, you got any drinks? And we were just drinking at the store and then we walked to Jackrabbit Slims and play, he played the show and it was fucking insane. And now he's literally a global superstar. When you say he did his show, sorry, I didn't yep. know this one. You might know. Yep. You brought him out? or So he we worked with the agent the agent who brought him out and then mm. we ran the Perth show. Mm -hmm. So we did like a, a pre-things at our store with obviously all my mates and they were psyched. Of course. And then Stormzy. It was literally just Stormzy and Toby. They travelled just the two of them. Mm -hmm. um, and then he played Jackrabbit Slims, I think Laundry Bar. He played four shows. I can't remember where the other ones were. Yeah, okay. But for us, it was like that was huge. That was when Shut Up had just come out. And he wore head to toe Street X was the most down to earth. Goes back to what I was saying before. A literal normal person. Mm. I was such a good dude and was so humble. Hectic. Um, and then, yeah, to go back to Ben Cousins, obviously. For me, that was one where growing up in Australia, I was I never played AFL, but obviously if you're Aussie, you you can, it's always fucking on. You can relate to it. It's such a cultural icon of Australia. Uh, and I just loved, he was such an icon. It was like, he was the David Beckham of AFL. I grew up loving football, soccer, sorry. So I loved like the Beckham and seeing these guys. Cuz was like that. And then he went off the rails and it was so heavily publicized. And like, imagine if that happened now with social media, oh. he would be like a mega star. Mm -hmm. And it was insane to to sort of see that as we were growing up and I was in high school at the time and it was like, he was just so scrutinized everywhere he went. And then I was sort of just like, fuck, I'd love to one day work with him. Like it was such a, the, he was the man who was at the top who lost everything, was at the bottom of the fucking barrel in jail, was the worst of the worst. Uh, and then I was just one day, I actually posted my story. I was like, fuck, someone's got, like it's Perth. Someone, <laughs> I got to know someone who's mates with Benny. And one of my mates hit me up and was like, yo, yeah, yeah, I, I can introduce you. And we had a coffee together and he was so standoffish, eh? He was just like, who is this? Yeah, guy? he was yeah. this fucking little kid, eh? <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't a kid at the time, but he yeah. was like, who is this guy? Like, and I was like, bro, just listen to me. <laughs> I was like, let me make something and tell, us, tell your story and tell this story with our brand and we'll crush it. And he was like, oh, yeah, like, cool, cool. Like, obviously, he didn't have Instagram, didn't have anything. He was like, oh, yeah, you sell some T-shirts, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was, like, yeah, long story short, we ended up shooting the content and we sold fucking, I think, 4,000 T-shirts. Like, it was yeah. crazy. It yeah. was, I, even I didn't think it would go that crazy. It was, like, a cultural phenomenon. Moment, Because bro, it, was his, moment, it was his yeah. first return to the public eye. Like, he'd been just vanished for so long. Amen. Uh, and we ended up, we'd done two together and actually I'm going to the UFC with him this weekend. We oh. yeah, so we've actually become hell mates and he's fucking crushing it now. He's clean. Uh, he's successful. Uh, he's back with his kids. Like he's an amazing back to being what he was. Uh, and for, from, he could, yeah, he's on the trajectory to get back to, to the top, I reckon. Mm. For me as a brand, like if I look at it from that brand outside of personal, for me, that is the perfect collaboration working with someone when they're at the fucking bottom mm. and then you work with them there and then they rise to the top you're gonna be friends with that person forever 100 percent. shout out benny cousins shout out ben of cousins bro. yeah keeping on the uh sporting tip or kind yep. of sporting tip uh my personal favorite 
and I was very surprised mm-hmm. when I saw it. Uh, the Street X collaboration with the Texas Rattlesnake Stone Cold Steve Austin. Bro. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this is real. <laughs> yes, and it was real. Yes, it was with real. WWE license. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. sent me the shirt. It had yep. the tag with yep. WWE on it. How wow. do you go about this, Man, bro? we've ripped off so much shit. I've had, I've had quite a few cease and desists. And had a, but that's, <laughs> mate, that's what streetwear. Street I, mean, I, I yeah. hate that word, but that's what this is. Is it's Nothing is original. Everything's a reference. Uh, everything's imitation. And that, that's what it is. It's telling your own story your own way. Um, and the one thing I loved about the WWE shit, obviously we, we couldn't get them in the shit. So I was like, what's the next best thing? So I was like, of course, I want to fucking make a video. Mm-hmm. I was the referee. My mate's a pro wrestler at home. Yeah. <laughs> shaved his head, shaved his head for it. It was ripped as fuck. We made this sick little video with minimal budget at the time. Uh, so again, if we could revisit that now, we could, Huge. Yeah, we yeah. could crush it. But I, that's, again, is a story. I grew up as a kid. I've, I've still got about 30 figurines of those wrestlers. Mm. I grew I up loving too, that bro. shit. Hey, does anyone want to buy some? I still got some in my garage. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, anyway. They're probably worth a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what it is. It's like being able to tell your story and your community story mm. in your own way. And for us being obviously here, WW or WWF and WCWCW was the real shit. Amen. Getting that opportunity, I was like, man, this is so fucking sick. Yeah, that's a moment in itself mm, for yourself. For sure. Bro. Um, a big one that we didn't talk about the other day was someone we had on the podcast. Yep. E- East West West. East East meets West. Yep. G'd up Street X, bro. Yep. How did that one finally come about? Fucking hell. Finally. I the one that, so what I've all I've said so far about being authentic. The one reason I fucking like Mr. Parko mm. is he's an absolute fucking freak. <laughs> and it's all lot. So that's why we fucking get, get on. Along, yeah. Because he is an absolute creature and I'm just as much. But we're very, very different, but we've got so many uh, similarities. We've been in touch fucking, mate, for six or seven years, if not longer, since the, since when we sort of both sort of started, we always we would, we would exchange messages. I remember years and years ago he messaged me offering me um, – a contact for some fucking slides. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Nice cut. And we just sort of stayed in touch. Um, and then, yeah, we've just always, we've always chatted. And then eventually we, we've partied quite, quite a few times <laughs> together and had a bit of fun. And then we, we just saw us like, fuck, why don't we do something? We've, we're, we're, we're good mates. There is a, there's a real reason to collaborate now. And eventually, again, it didn't happen at the start because you can't just force things. Happened over time. And it went, yeah, it was amazing. It went really well. The boys all came over to Perth. Filmed a bunch of stuff here when I was here last, and it was sick. And it's so good to, again, have two brands that can be so different, mm. but then can align on something and build within a pillar on a pillar within the community. And that's the best thing is like when you can meet with people for a, on a like minded subject. You don't have to be the same. That's what collaboration is. It's mm. combining two things that aren't the same and two things that again don't necessarily have to be together, but it's combining them together to create something for the community. Mm. And I think that's what we we have always done amazingly. And of course, Jake and the boys have done that amazingly. So it was sick to to bring it together. Mm. Hell yeah, bro. My favorite is um seeing the playful fight banter between yourself and Paco, but then also some fans of the brands taking that yep. real serious yep. and thinking it's an actual beef and going like, fuck you, you gronk. Like, oh, of course, that. mate. That's, <laughs> that's my one thing. I, I, when I was a, I used to fight competitively when I was a kid, but only mm. as an amateur. Mm. Um, so again, I've always, that's always been one of the things where I've always backed myself is I'll have a crack. Mm. Goes the same with the business. And if it's, I, I'm not, I'm not from the streets or any, I don't have that story that's these rappers and, and a lot of people do, which is, that's, that's their unique story. But I'm fucking, I'll bite down the mouth guard and fucking swing. <laughs> so, look, we asked Paco, yep. it's Paco versus Gucci, the day can come. The day, Mate, the that's day. not even, oh, I have one arm fucking tied up. That's easy. <laughs> and that, oh, outside, outside of Mr. Paco, I get any fucking NRL or AFL dudes, I'd love to smoke one of them in a fucking boxing fight. Let's go. Boxing, or MMA, MMA, none of them will take MMA, but boxing, they can Has that, that ever happened? Has the word have ever come across? I was meant to them? actually, I got offered to fight in Bali this mm. weekend. And one of uh, my mates is a pro heavyweight, Mark Damori. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you want to fight an Indonesian influencer? And I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> it was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I can't this weekend because I'm going away. He asked me if he uh, a couple of months ago because I could yeah. actually train. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I'll fuck. I'll do that. I would love to fight someone in Australia for sure. Right. I'd love to. We got to reach out, bro. Who, who's Gucci's fighting? Hit us in the NRL, on, AFL player. That's my hey, one I'm choice. telling you what. Willie Mason actually does a podcast in this room. Maybe next time he wow. comes in, you can. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyone. 80 to 90 kilos. Right. Actually, 75 <laughs> to 90. 75 yeah, to 90. Right. Yeah. We'll send the call out. <laughs>
So another collaboration you did that a lot of people might not know about was um, you collaborated with a small, uh, small at the time Sydney brand uh, Sushi on some Muay Thai yep. shorts. Yep. Uh, at the launch of that collaboration, uh, I think it was one of the first times I met you as well. Like you mentioned before, the Kid Leroy played one of his yep. very, very, very early shows. And like you said, he came through the Perth store a couple of years later when he became a global superstar. Yep. So take us through the memories of um, you know, that pop-up and also seeing the Kid Leroy, you know, years later and obviously so much happened in between. Yeah, he's just a fucking mad cunt, isn't he? Mm. It's so <laughs> sick. Like the Sydney show was like, man, that is a child, eh? Like it was so <laughs> sick to see. Like I was probably 25, 26, I think. Uh, and I was like, man, this cunt's cool. And I remember Zig was still working with him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we had triple one. And I was like, for sure. I think we paid him like 400 bucks. And there was like 300, like the floors broke. There was 300, 400 kids there. It was fucking wild. Adam 22 was like, man, this kid fucking rules. And then I was just like, wow, this is pretty fucking cool. We got to do this. And then obviously it never, no one, I don't think anyone saw the trajectory that he's now on. And then when, yeah, when he was last in Perth, I actually wasn't even at the shop. I'm never at the shop now. I wasn't at the shop. And one of the boys was like, oh, Leroy's here. And I was like, oh, what? Because I've been speaking to TJ, who I'm uh, good friends with, his DJ. Mm -hmm. And he hit me up and was like, hey, Laurie wants to do a pop-up. And I was like, oh, cool. Drove to the store and he's just like, man, God, do you mind if we can do a pop-up? Like, do you want to do a pop-up tomorrow? And I was like, fucking oath. Mm. Like, it's just so cool. He was like, do you, like, you want to do one? I was mm. like, man, that's sick. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll go crazy. It was a Tuesday in Perth and there was 2,000 kids outside. Mm. And can we just say, goes back to what we were just saying before, relationships are yeah. everything, yeah. bro. Yeah. Absolutely everything. And it doesn't mean like you need to go out of your way to fucking butter dudes and nah. like butter them up. It's like when you meet someone, be a normal cunt. Mm -hmm. Just be a good person. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Because again, not everyone makes it. Like there's, there might be 20 or 30 or 40 artists or brands in this atmosphere now. By the end, there'll be two or three left, mm -hmm. and you want to be those last ones standing. Mm -hmm. I remember at that Sydney show as well. There was some concern there because the floor broke at one point. I think Leroy was playing blessings, and the people, yep. like, all the kids, were jumping. And then there was like a fucking big. Gap I've still the got a video board. of one of the yeah. boys ran downstairs and was filming, and the floor is just going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, not my fucking building." <laughs> <laughs> that was scary for a second, but that was a that was a very good night. Um, so like we just mentioned, Street X been a long supporter of the hip hop scene, mm. especially in Perth. Mm. We've seen, you know, Shadow in all of your kind of like yeah. uh, shoots and stuff like mm. that. So when did that um, integration happen and, and how's it been to see the Perth hip hop scene flourish over the years, especially because it is so far away from, you know, your traditional hotspots, I guess, of, of Sydney mm. and Melbourne? Yeah, I mean, it's great. Like obviously Shadow is doing well. Everyone just needs to be doing more and, have, and trying more stuff. That's the biggest thing is everyone thinks you have to leave Perth. You have to do this. I travel so much, uh, which is a, a massive help. Again, you can't do that from the start because you obviously need to be generating an income to do that. But again, travel for me has been the biggest experience and benefit is you make all these networks. I can still be based in Perth, but I can get on a flight anytime and go. Uh, I think the biggest thing is is just people need to have a crack and people need to try. People need to spend money. Bring If you want to do a party, bring artists over. If you want to do an event, cool, let's, let's put some money into it. Cool, you want it? You don't have money. Let's put a deck together. Let's get some sponsors involved. All these corporate sponsors are dying to be in touch with the the, the community and the culture. Mm. A lot of them have got no fucking clue. Preach. And there's so <laughs> mate, there's so many, and I won't mention because we still work with a few of them. <laughs> they're absolutely fucking clueless. Like they look at me like I am a messiah when I put together a, a document, or my designer at home who does it very very well puts it together, mm -hmm. and they are just like, man, you guys are good, eh? Like it's insane how out of touch a lot of people are. So again, there is budgets and whatnot to leverage. If you don't have the income to generate and you've got the community, that's what they want. Corporate want to buy into the streets or into the culture because they can never get it. They're not fast enough and they don't have the contacts to do it. And a lot of the time the corporates aren't allowed to. So they want to tap into the people who do and they need to pay for that. That's mm -hmm. not free. Mm -hmm. So again, for us, it's, it's always been great. As we've got bigger now, we don't need to rely on sponsors in it, by any means. But when we get offered things, I'm like, cool, what's the what's the budget? Mm -hmm. um, what do you want to do? Like, we don't need you. We'll do it ourselves. We can do an activation, no problem. We can do a party, no problem. We can speak to this artist, no problem. We can get this athlete to model or be involved, no problem. Mm -hmm. We don't need you guys to facilitate anything. So it's, again, the whole idea is, again, it goes back to the landlord thing, is always getting rid and cutting out of that middleman mm -hmm. to have the direct to the source and always being the one touching in rather than having someone having to do something for you. Mm -hmm. mm. How I knew you were you were really, really, really about the hip hop scene, bro, was mm -hmm. when I came over to Perth. 
Uh, you went in the triple one um, pit <laughs> yes. for five minutes, came back, just bloodied up the <laughs> <Yeah>. stitches. <laughs> Man, I got head butted. I instantly got, st- I had to go and get stitches, eh? I was amazed. I ran into the mosh, got head butted straight away and was just like, <laughs> fuck. And I was, yeah. Man, I was so pissed. <laughs> I enjoyed would it. Would you still hit a mosh pit these days? 100%. Though? Let's go. I've got on. no problem with doing anything, mate. I'll be the first one to shirt off and fucking run in there. Right? <laughs> we'll see you in the ring at UFC this Sunday for sure. Mate, that's, yeah, I'd, I'd get it back and spear tackle there. <laughs> I, I've got no problem getting the pants off, mate, getting the speedos out. Oh, we've seen Shirt that. off. Oh, we've seen mate, I, I think the next call out of these, me and, me and Chillin' Chill it need to have a uh, get the pythons out next to each other, I reckon, eh? 100%. I feel, yeah, I don't know what you could do with yeah, that, but there's definitely... Def- def- you def- seen me that? Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> don't flex on us like that in here, bro. Have you seen the size of Kev's arms, bro? Yeah, bro. Come on, I don't know if you heard I've been putting in work. <laughs> hey, bro, a while back, there was a bit of controversy about someone coming through graffitiing yep, the yep. shop, bro. Um, look, it was crazy online to sit mm. back and watch. Can yep. you tell us a little bit from your point of view what the heck went down? Oh, God, this, I yeah. was hoping you'd ask this. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> this is one of, this, sit down, fellas. Just listen. <sighs> this is one of the, my favourite fucking stories. All right, so for me, streetwear is the whole, again, the word is fucking street, so it's from the street. Okay, graffiti culture is a big part of that, but so is not letting anyone fuck with you is a big fucking part of street culture. So, of course, there's many avenues you could go down. I know, I can't remember what brand it was, did the thing where they someone fucked with their shit and they brought them on for a job. And that was the way they went about it. And my first reaction was like, the fuck? Like, if that was my house, I'd be like, the fuck is graffitiing my shit? True. So my first reaction was, oh, I'm going to fucking catch this little cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, again, I was instantly like, man, that's so disrespectful. Like, I would never do that to anyone's shit. Um, so we have, of course, I have cameras. Mm-hmm. So I just whack the cameras on, got a little screenshot of the kid's face. Not a kid at all. He was 18. Uh, and then I got a, myself shirtless photo, tensing and just said, come clean the store or else. <laughs> <laughs> and my God, this, I've never had, it was like my most shared and commented post. <laughs> and it started off really, all the boys were going, Burko, like, we're going to fuck. Like, of course, no one was going to, I was never going to do anything to the guy. Um, and, I, and again, we found him probably within an hour, got the kid. And I was like, bro, as soon as you come, delete it. I mean, as soon as you come clean the shit, I'll delete it. I was like, it's funny. I've had, I've had my fun with it. And he's like, oh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, all good. And I didn't think he'd rock up. And testament to him, he actually fucking came. Mm. And I was like, man, what is your fucking problem? Like, if you want to do that, do it to a, a main chain or a big store. We've got budgets. I, I, I would have to pay someone to clean this, but I'm, obviously you're cleaning it. Mm. I'm not paying anyone. Um, but like, think about like, imagine if it was a coffee coffee shop down the road, who's struggling for fucking money, and they have to spend wages to get someone to come clean it. So I just said to him, "We're a, like, I'm I am this business. My, all my mates work here. There's young guys who work here who get who get paid. Why are you trying to fuck with a small business?" And he's, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." Cleans it, and he's like, "Oh, are you gonna beat me up or anything?" And I was like, "No, nah, mate. I've, I've had my fun here. That's all that matters." Um, so he cleans it, and I deleted the post. But before this happened, this has been like a, a probably. From him responding to come clean, it was a couple of days. And this fucking exploded. I had these army of girls attacking me. Like, I was just like, they were like, you're online bullying, you're in, in, encouraging abuse. And I was like, you're creating this platform for like all this hatred. And I was like, what? I was like, can I just come graffiti your fucking house? <laughs> And then they just had this like psycho argument. Now, obviously, no one ever said anything to me in person. Of course. But they're just going bananas on um, social media, creating fake accounts, like attacking, like messaging my girlfriend. And I was like, the fuck is wrong with you, cunt? So I was like, <laughs> and then they're like the whole like, you're a cop, you went to the cops. So I was like, I literally posted shirtless saying come clean <laughs> the fucking store. <laughs> Do you think if I was going to the cops, I'd be posting that? <laughs> and, then, and then it went from like this kid was underage and I beat him up and then he was indigenous and then I went to the cops and all these different things and I was like, what is wrong with you fucking people? And I went to you, I said, I, I made the mistake of responding to one of them mm. and I told one of them to piss off and then I was like, all right, you think I went to the cops? Give me your dad's address and I'll just go beat the shit out of him and see if you like it. So I'll go beat him up, you can't go to the cops. And then we'll just end it there. And I was like, see the the, 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 the arguments you're creating, it's like such a slippery slope. It's like, you can't go to the cops. Well, I didn't. 
you can't do anything to that kid. Well, I didn't. Mm. Or, well, you, you can't do that. I was like, he came, he cleaned it, and it was solved and deleted. That was the end of it. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And then it happened again fucking probably about a year and a half, or a year and a half later, this cunt had a glass tapper mm -hmm. and walked past. And I was like, man, at least if you're going to fuck with someone, do it properly. Like walks past and just goes like under his arm, just taps it. And I was like, man, if, if you're going to fuck with my stuff, make it obvious, like smash it proper and like do a good job, not just this cowardly little walk and tap and try to be held stout. And don't go and do it after hearing this, all right? <laughs> no, <laughs> if you do, if you do, yeah. I'll probably make heaps of money and sell a lot of tea, so do it and I'll ruin you on the fucking internet. <laughs> good point. Because this, yeah, so this, the glass tapper one went even more wild because this kid, we got caught in within, again, two hours, and I was like, glass is fucking expensive. You know, mm. like storefronts, Big panes of glass is very expensive. So if you're going to break it, go all out and fucking break it. Mm. Don't just do it half ass. So ended up, we, we caught, we, we got him, same same thing. I just did my little post. Come on, come in, mate. Come clean it up. Within two hours, found who he was. Message, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I was so drunk. And I was just like, dude, you're trying to be all staunch when you're there doing stuff like this. And then me of all people calls you out and you just back down instantly. And just inst instantly paid for it. Mm. And it was like sorted then and there. But then the same thing, the post exploded. It was like, you're encouraging abuse again. I'm like, no, I just sorted it way faster than the cops could do. And like you go to the cops and it's like, hey, feel out this, 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 this. And it's no fucking way. Nothing like, will come from it. Never am I yeah. doing that. It's like it's so much easier. We've had very minimal shoplifting things where it's like grab and run. And when we do, same thing. Like this was years ago. never blew up like these graffiti in the glass incidents. But like those were the funniest things, the glass and graffiti, because it just got sorted so quick and people went so psycho. And what I, I did miss on the graffiti one is we ended up making a tea, ripping the whole saga. We made, I think it was, it was like 15 grand. So we ended up uh, donating three grand to three different charities because I was like, you can't are just freaks. Mm. I was like, let's make even more fun of this to fuck with you even more. Let's pick three charities to be like, you guys are acting like you're all this virtual signaling, saying what we should do. I was like, all right, let's do it then. Come on. You, you want to be a, a pillar of the community. You say, I'm such a fuckwit. Do some shit yourselves. Mm -hmm. And then, again, I didn't listen to any of these freaks, but a lot of our community loved it and really gave such great insights to different uh, charities, and we donated to three different charities. Um, but it was just so funny to see everyone gets on their high ass and was like, you need to do this, you need to do that. I'm like, no, it's my fucking business. That's why I went into business. Preach. You can't, you can't tell me what to fucking do. If you want to do it differently, go do it yourself. Don't fucking try and tell like someone else what to do. And long long story short, mm -hmm. long story short, don't fuck with Street X, Street X in Perth. <laughs> do not fuck with Street X in Perth. Exactly. Dude, you'll find you in an hour, bro. Like, exactly. What's the, use? what's the use? Exactly. All right, coming through and selling that T-shirt afterwards, right? Yep. Everything you've done, bro. You do a whole lot of unorthodox marketing. Let's of say, course. yeah, hundred percent. Let's call it that for sure. Recently, you had the competition. We had people pulling up, putting their yep. hands on the yep. shipping yep. container. Yep. All right. How do these ideas come about, bro? Because do you guys sit in a boardroom when you're like, all right, what fucked up things can we get away with? Like where, where, <laughs> yeah, where does yeah, it come yeah. from, bro? I mean, that's the, the biggest thing is always being, again, it goes back to what we spoke about before, being unapologetically ourselves. The whole thing is trying to be as authentic to us as possible and do, whole thing is do shit other people aren't doing. So if we see someone doing something, it's like, ah, oh, fuck, we're not doing that. Mm -hmm. We always try, and I really try and minimize looking at what other people are doing. Obviously always see and enjoy what other people are doing, but again, once we see that, it's like, fuck, we can't do that. We need to do our, we need to really hone in on what it is we do. And I think that's what we've done really well. But the idea is, I think on a, on the, the front, it looks like, oh yeah, it's all just Dan doing this. But we've got a great team of young guys um, who all contribute massively. Like some of the ideas might be mine. Mm -hmm. Some of the ideas might be the young boys, but I'm very much like ADHD. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. So like, I want to do everything. So the, the team really brings it together and stops me from going 300 things at once. Okay. And it goes, cool, let's do that one. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm sure they'll listen to this and be like, this fucking cunt still fucking tries to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we try and really pick things that, again, really change the market. And we, wanna, we, wanna, we want to evoke a response from mainly, again, our community. We mm -hmm. want our community of followers and, and customers and friends to really fuck with it. We want them to get the maximum enjoyment out of it because that is what, marketing is is touching in with your community and building something for them rather than trying to be like how can we fish and bring new cunts in we're focused on what we've got 
Mm. Amen whose, to that, bro. whose idea was, I'm betting it's yours, was the subliminal billboard? No, that was not. It was <laughs> no, Mr. Tom Sweetman, who's our fucking master designer. <laughs> I didn't even fucking see it. He knows. The one the great thing about Tom, we've worked together a long time, is he knows I'm a fucking freak. So he knows if he does any weird shit like that, I'll be like, sick. It said, so we got this mass, our first ever massive billboard had this big photo of me and Street X, me in like a business suit, and it said, suck me off in the, <laughs> in the back. But like, it was so subliminally put in there that it was only once it was up, I told the guy who made the billboard and he was like, oh my God, you can never, never do that again. How long was it up there for? Oh, a month. A month? Yeah, a month. Hell yeah. And did, it was did so anyone like, catch on? No, nah, it, was, it was very yeah, subliminal. Okay. But that's, I, that's the shit we love. I, love I only caught on to it once you sent me the picture in high res and you said, look very closely in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but you also got a brand slogan. I introduced you as it because to be honest, yep. even if I hear the words, they know mm. instantly my head goes to you. Yep. All right. What is it, bro? The biggest thing about the day, now obviously, is the fist right here. Mm -hmm. But the, the whole ethos and the crux behind it is pretty much everything we've discussed. It's like fuck around and find out. Mm -hmm. at, its, at its core, it links back to being exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. If someone tells you you can't do something, see what fucking happens. And it goes out. It's like it's go out and do what you fucking want mm -hmm. and be who you fucking are mm -hmm. and make everyone know that. There's no backing down. There's no changing because someone said – it's like, you know who you fucking are and I know who I fucking am. Let's make them fucking know too. Mm. Beautiful, bro. Mm. I didn't expect that to be your answer, but I like it, bro. <laughs> they know. They know. They know. Um, look, you got yourself a, a champion of a missus, bro. Yep. From what I've seen online, an actual yeah. champion, mm. champion pole vaulter. Yep. Is yep. that right? Right? She was just on Survivor. I've seen her on yeah. TV multiple times, yes. which was crazy. Yeah. Um, she works at Street X now. Yep. How is it yep. having her on board with the team, bro? Well, she was. she's a two-time Olympian, so she's pretty fucking cool. Hectic. Um, she was full-time at Street X for about a year. She went on to an uh, athletic break before she was deciding if she was going to go to the Paris Olympics. Mm -hmm. And then she was working full-time with the brand. Uh, and she's always helped here and there and she's been great and she's great with marketing. Mm. And then she got the call up to go on Survivor and won half a million fucking dollars. Crazy. And, <laughs> and, blew, and things blew up for her, so it's been awesome. We, she doesn't work as much now because she's got so much shit in her own personal life going on. Uh, and she's just created, started her own, like a community-based brand, which I help her with and push her to do as much as possible. So I push her to be at Street X as minimal as possible to work on her it's own shit um, because we've got such a great team. Mm -hmm. So replacing and filling gaps, we can definitely do. Okay. And I said to her, again, it's like me, I'm telling my story and to telling to my customers and we're building our vision and our brand. I was like, you've got such a specific chance now where you've, you're a two-time Olympian, you've just been on a fucking reality TV show, take and make that into something. For sure, mm. 100%. Um, and coming from that, obviously, Liz, Liz, yep. your name, Liz, yep. and yourself, you know, been in a bunch of newspapers. Mm. I've seen you on TV at one point. Yep. I didn't personally see it, seen yeah. it online. How's it seen yourself within these newspapers on TV and are we going to get you on a current affair at some point, bro? <laughs> for well, sure. I, I, they tried to cast me for Survivor and I said no. Oh, yeah. wow. nah, we need you on Survivor, bro. Come I just, on. nah, I love it. See, I, again, I, that is the most mainstream fucking media there is. Yeah. But I love yeah, making fun at how slow and behind they are. Mm. And I just, I, again, I love doing as much funny shit as possible. And if we can fuck with the papers and we can fuck with them as much as possible, that's all that matters. 100%, bro. Was there not like, um, obviously, Liz being an Olympian, like yep. you said, breaking into that full, that's the highest level, you yep. know, of, of mainstream culture. Yep. And I swear, I think you posted it or, or someone posted a comment of all these people being like, why does Liz date that fucking yeah. weird, that weird bearded guy from Perth? And why is he always shirtless? Like, yeah. you know, I just didn't get it. Like, well, because that's the thing is I've got fucking weird tattoos, rat tail, uh, always shirtless, always in speed. One of my things was every international pop-up we did, I always had to be in speedos. That was the thing I've, I've seen you around the world in speedos online. Yeah. But that's the thing is, again, like when me and Liz first fucking met, I hit her up and that, that failed. And then we, we later met in person. I did find out why she never fucking replied to the DM. Is she said, I thought you were a fucking meth head. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a bit, I'm a bit outlandish on the internet. Yeah. I'm toned down a little bit, but I used to have a bit of, I still do have a bit of fun. Mm. Uh, again, that's me being me. I've, I'll have a crack and I'll do whatever. I'm not that polished, uh, expected fucking brand owner. I'll fucking, if someone wants to drink, I don't give a fuck who you are. I'll drink, I'll party, I'll do whatever, I'll train. I'll get in there and do it. I'm not the person who needs to be polished. I don't need to make sure the, per the photo's perfect before I post this. 
just go with the flow. Yeah, beautiful, mm. man. So Gucci, you dropped a lot of free game mm. uh, on this podcast. Mm. So for any of the upcoming brand owners, designers out yep. there that are looking to, looking to really take their brand to the next level, what's some uh, you know last pieces of advice that you can really give to them now? I think the biggest thing is to get out there and have a crack. The amount of times I've been told I can't do it, the amount of money I've fucking lost, uh, I've been in debt heavily before and thought I'm never going to fucking – I was in – like one of the best stories I've got is I was in $80,000 debt um, and I had to beg my dad of all people for a loan and he was like – if you don't pay this back, there's going to be fucking severe consequences. Mm. And it sort of hit me. I was like, man, I fucking put my life aside to do this business and I'm a fucking loser. I mean, I, my bank account was – I had two bank overdraft accounts like from the bank that they were both minus um, 40. So I was 80 grand down and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like how fucking shit am I at this? And I ended up clawing back from that, paying my dad back and I was just like, man, this was a fucking turning point. You can't just take shit for granted. I was thought everything was easy. I was spending money like this, 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 and it catches up to you very quickly. Mm. Uh, obviously, thank God I, I've never and I never will be in that position again. But all these young dudes now, you've got to look at it as like now is there's so much opportunity. There's so much free media like TikTok. When I started, it was when Instagram started, when Facebook was starting. Mm -hmm. And that shit was like, you had a thousand followers, a thousand people saw it. You had a hundred Instagram followers, a hundred saw it. Now it's like no one sees your shit unless you pay or you're handing them or you're constantly engaging constantly, which is, is still very possible to do. But you look at all these platforms now, like TikTok is like what Instagram was back then. Mm. Like you've got kids blowing up and, and making shit off nothing. There's so much opportunity still and there's like the barriers to entry are so low, but it's just people are so afraid to try. Mm. That's the biggest thing. And I think the biggest thing you got to get out there, save up some money. Even if you've got no fucking money, you can do this shit without money. You can build a community without money. You don't need to sell anything to that community. You need to build the community. And I think that's what everyone forgets. The biggest thing, I don't give a fuck how good your t-shirt is. I don't give a fuck how good your hoodie is. No one gives a fuck if you don't have a community. Same, you look at the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa is what it is because of what it's been built to in society. If you took that in the middle of fucking nowhere and put it on a T-shirt, no one gives a fuck. Mm. No one gives a fuck. No one's buying that shit because of that photo. Like you look at the Supreme Box logo. It's the age-old thing within this industry. The Supreme Box logo is the most iconic pre pretty much T-shirt ever released in streetwear. Is That logo is so simple and so basic but for what that means to anyone who's been in streetwear, it's like it's one of the most iconic things ever. Mm -hmm. Like it's changed the game and that's what building a brand and a community is. Still see all of those brands that have done it for so long. Community always has to come first and then, of course, the profits, which everyone looks at, will come later. Yeah, and on the music side, I guess that's also, it's like you can be a great rapper, you can say a million metaphor similes mm. in one minute, but it's like what do you actually stand for, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what, do you, what message are you actually conveying to the, to the but listener? But you've got to be you've got to be yourself. Like you look at like a, a J. Cole or a Russ who've taken, uh, again, someone like a Russ specifically who's been outcast and been considered whack by so many people, stuck to his guns, you stayed authentic to who he is, mm -hmm. uh, and so many rappers within the realm – you try and re recreate someone else. Like everyone else who's been successful have done A, B, and C. You can't just do A, B, and C. You need to do D, E, F. Mm. That's how you can be successful. You need to take a different route. You can't mm. do what someone else has already done. Mm. Right, Andrew. bro. Coming to a close, is we've obviously heard so many things that you've done to get to where yep. you are. Yep. Is there anything you, that you've learned over time now that you would have done differently? Uh, I mean, again, I, I wish I had traveled more, even more when I was younger and then just gone harder. That's the biggest thing now. Still going harder. We're, gonna, we're probably going to open a uh, store in Melbourne next year and then follow that up with Sydney. Ooh, is that an exclusive? It's coming. That's the plan, no, yes. We've heard it. Yep. We've heard it. We've heard it. Yep. That's hectic, yeah, though. That's Do you know plan. where in Sydney you're holding it? Not or is yet. This a we'll go Melbourne first. Okay. Melbourne's okay. first. We've got a, a two-block radius we're looking at now. Uh, and then internationally, we'll continue to expand our distribution. And we've got a lot more. Collaboratively, we've got a, a bunch fucking coming up this year and next year. The calendar's pretty much loaded till the end of next year. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited, mate. So much fucking more in terms of what we can bring to our customer, what we can bring to Australia and, and fucking help change and uplift the fucking market here. That's the biggest thing. Bro, there's definitely a need for Street X around Australia with what you do, bro. Mm. Are, right, you, are you opening um, the Street X Sydney store next to G-Dub store? 
Oh. <laughs> imagine that street, bro. Imagine, imagine the battle out the front. Oh, bro. I, look, if that happens, I'll personally, personally invest in putting a boxing ring out the front yeah. of the store just for this battle to go down. But that's down. where you look at like places like Fairfax and exactly. LA. All stores. That's yeah. where you, you want you want shit together. You want you want all uh, the rising tide lifts all boats. Mm, it would be an iconic moment. Mm. Anyway, you guys have that chat. All right. We've heard what's <laughs> happening in the street. Well, what about for yourself personally? Anything else? Uh, the big, I mean, for me personally, obviously my life is the fucking brand. I do a, a lot of stuff outside uh, of the brand, but again, everything I do is with the with the brand in mind and building that business and bringing on more staff, building the team, expanding as much as possible. I just want to put all my energy into doing what I fucking love mm -hmm. and doing things that I'm like, I never had a chance to do this as a kid. I never had the chance to work with this person. I never had a chance to release this. We've got such a special moment now where we can make such a change. We can help change. Again, you're changing people's lives. You're giving, for us, our whole mission is to, to give every kid the opportunity to be the best version of themselves. And being that vehicle to give kids the confidence and the ability to change their trajectory in life. Like when I was a kid, I always wanted to be that kind who came to the school with the freshest shit on and, the, and recreating that feeling as, as as simple as that might sound, it goes from there to then your confidence in life, your ability to be able to take that risk and do shit. If I can just make that difference to one kid who can go and create a business that changes fucking the world in Australia, it's done my job. Mm. Words of wisdom. Hey, come on, Gucci, bro. Come on, Gucci for president, prime minister. What do we got out here? One of those. All right, bro. That's it. Look, thank you for coming through, dropping so much game, dropping your backstory. Hope everyone had a good time listening because that was a hectic listen for myself. Mm. Appreciate you coming through, bro. Of course. It's thank Gucci you, Smoothie, boys. Street X. It's 24 Karat Kevitz. Your boy wings. It's Take Flight. We out.